Thank you. Okay. All right, so we're going to try to get into some of the sheet from last week we didn't finish. I moved over to this sheet, and uh, I didn't do as much on the sheet this week because uh, we keep not finishing a huge chunk of it. So watch, this week we'll finish it all. But that's okay. <laughs> if we do, I can move on to some other material. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> I just wanted to uh, jump into this section that we, we get, didn't get to last week. Um, <coughs> we've been doing what creation... Hey, Brother Brett, would you fill one of them cups with a little bit of ice water, yes, too, while you're getting coffee? Thank you. I meant to do that, but I was running late. I was meeting with somebody. Um, so we, we want, we've been talking about creation, and we've been, and, and we've been talking all about, uh, quite a bit about it. But one of the things I wanted, we wanted to talk about now is, is the conflict pertaining to creation. Because we know creation and creationism is something that's fought uh, tooth and nail these days, and so we, we want to talk about that a little bit. But I want to start out with this quote uh, by Chapel. Oh, and I should have mentioned uh, during the prayer time. I'm sorry, I didn't think to do that. But um, uh, but um, let me think now. My mind just drew a total blank. Why did that happen? Um, the pastor at Crown College of the Bible, Sexton, Pastor Sexton, passed away yesterday. I meant, to, I meant to mention that during the prayer time. Yeah, Crown College of the Bible in Powell, Tennessee, Pastor Sexton passed away. I guess he's been ill for a bit, and he passed away yesterday. So I know some of you guys, I know you guys have been down there for that for that Youth Congress thing before and stuff of that. And so, yeah, he passed away yesterday. Saw that on Facebook last night. So, um, so just pray for their family and for the ministry down there and uh, for whoever will be the one that will take over the, the reins down there. I don't know who that will be or, or whatnot, but... <laughs> he poor was going to keep it to himself. <laughs> I was thirstier than you were. That's fine. I'll just be coughing all the time through. All right. So let's, but I was just, I did want to mention that. I forgot to mention that. <coughs> let's look at this quote, this first quote here. <coughs> it says, Chapel states this. One of the indicators that the truth of creation, <coughs> oh, goodness, is so important is the amount of work the devil puts into undermining it. His purpose um, is to undermine faith in God and his word. Okay, so I'll read it to you one more time. One of the indicators that the truth of creation is so important is the amount of work the devil puts into undermining it. His purpose is to undermine faith in God and his word. So think about it for a minute, folks. Why is there such push, hatred, trying to eliminate the idea of creation? It's obviously an important truth. And so because of that, Satan, who is what? The father of lies, doesn't like it, doesn't want it. Because it involves God and people being responsible to God. And we're going to keep coming back to that thought as we go throughout today. It, it, there's, a, there's a responsibility issue here that people do not want to be responsible uh, to God. And so we, we, we want to understand that as we, as we come into this section. Okay, so let's look at the realm of rebellion. So um, where, where does this all begin? Well, it all begins at Satan. Um, and so I want us to look at uh, some facts pertaining to Satan's rebellion today as we get into things. So uh, Satan, also known as Lucifer in the Bible, held an exalted uh, position in heaven. Now, many people believe that 
Satan had something to do with music worship in heaven. Don't know if we can unequivocally say that for sure, but there's scripture passages that alludes to that fact. Okay, so I don't I don't want to go out and say you know the Bible says he was in charge of music in heaven because there's people that say that. Um, I don't know if that's the case, uh, but he certainly held an elevated position of some sort in in heaven. So that's number one we want to understand about him. Now, rather than fulfill his purpose, Satan decided that he wanted to be the exalted being. He wanted to be the one that everybody looked up to, that he was the one in charge. So that's point number two. Uh, rather than to fulfill his purpose, Satan decided that he would be the become try to become the exalted being. And, and that ties back to us when you think about it, folks, because we have a purpose. And we can do the same thing, maybe not to the extent that Satan did, where he ends up being thrown out of heaven and taking a third of the angels with him, but but we can choose to go outside of the purpose God created us for. He created us to glorify him, and we can choose to go outside of that purpose, and we can choose to try to do something on our own, make a name for ourselves, do this, do that, whatever the case may be, and um, and we can try to do that. And so that that's a danger we need to be aware of. And, uh, and we're going to look at some verses here in just a minute, and then, but I want to give you these three points first. And then point number three is now he seeks to undermine God at every opportunity and uh, has sought to uh, focus his attacks on mankind at this point. So he seeks to undermine God at every opportunity. And then just as a side note, and he has sought to focus his attacks on mankind at this point. So let's look at some scripture Kind of because scripture addresses some of these issues. So let's look at some scripture tonight as we get into this section a little bit in, in this discussion. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14 and starting in verse 12. Isaiah chapter 14 and starting in verse 12, it says this. <clears throat> it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now, if you read those verses, especially those last two verses, you see one little teeny word repeated many times, and that's the word I. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Uh, the issue, as Satan <clears throat> fell into this position, it was, it was an issue of pride. And I, and I really, truly believe this is why the scripture addresses the issue of pride so much. Because this is, this is where we see the beginning of, eventually, the fall of man is summed up in Satan's rebellion against God and him being full of pride, saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And, and ending with, I will be like the Most High. I mean, his basic thing was, I, I'm going to be just like God. Yes, Patrick. I don't know this real well, but it, I just happened to turn to this page and talk about God, and he's saying, I, I, I. So I think the distinction is what he's saying, I, about. Right? See what I'm saying? No. Sorry, I don't see it. I don't see it. Today. I clothe thee also with broidered work. I deck thee also with ornaments. I put well, that's God telling Satan what he did for him. 
Right, right. But what I'm saying is, he's using I too. It's not a matter that I think that he's using I, although that might be a distinctive of someone that's self-centered. It's, it's why you're saying I. If you're doing it, if God's saying it, then it's it's good. If it's the devil's saying it, it's right. not good. Well, God is in the rightful position to say, I did this and I did that. Satan, right. Satan is not. Yeah. Okay. Part. Yeah. It's position or authority. Yeah. Okay. I, I get what you're saying there. So, and then continue on just for in that passage for a second. Uh, it says in verse 15, uh, yet thou shalt be, be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So, so Satan's, Satan's rebellion against God was, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And the final thing was, I'm going to be like the most high. I'm going to be equal equivalent with God. That was what what he was saying. And and God, through through the uh, prophet here, says, uh, you're going to be brought down to hell, is what's going to actually happen to you. So quite the contrast from what he thought was going to happen uh, to what to what really really happened. So and then we can go over to John chapter 10 and verse 10. John 10 and verse 10, it says, the thief cometh not uh, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, I'm coming that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So this verse is obviously, it's in a passage, if you have a Bible marked in red, it's in the middle of a passage about Jesus being the good shepherd, and the whole, almost the whole passage is in red because it's Jesus speaking. And Jesus is basically contrasting between how he comes to his people and how Satan comes to his people. Uh, you know, the thief comes uh, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what Satan comes for. And that's what Satan's motive is when it comes to mankind. Um, but Jesus Christ doesn't come that way. And so, uh, so we see that in Scripture. And, uh, but this, is, this was Satan's issue here, the, the desire, the pridefulness to try to basically equal or take over the throne of God. That was what he desired to do. So then that takes us back, obviously, in the book of Genesis. So when that, that translated over to man... Because that's what we're talking about here tonight, um, the fall of man. So Genesis chapter 3, and starting in verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. So Satan, we know later in the scripture, we're told he is the father of all lies, the father of liars. And uh, Satan begins his attack on mankind with what? A lie. And with convincing Eve that what God said was what? Wrong. Now, we're talking about evolution and creation here. Do you see a pattern? What, what does the evolutionist say? What God says about creation in the Bible is wrong. Be like a God or something. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's just wrong. And and if they even would believe in a God, but yeah, but they basically say you know creationism is wrong. That's not how it happened. It happened by evolution. And and so it it's immediately takes us back to this to this picture in the Garden of Eden with with Satan and Eve in the garden talking, and Satan's ploy was to lie to Eve was to, to tell Eve that what God had said he really didn't say. Yeah, lie. It's interesting that he, he uses death as, because they didn't know what death was. They didn't, and they understood the concept perhaps, but they've never seen it really. 
And now he's using God as something that people don't know because we've been so far because they knew God in the garden. Right. We don't know him like they knew him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. And yeah, you're right. They had. They really didn't know death at that point because no, nobody on earth had died yet. Uh, you know, it was a perfect place. There was there wasn't death happening. And so you know, so but what does he tell you? He said, "Hey, what God told you? That's not, you're not going to die." But yeah, that's what God had said. So they were going to die. Now, are we talking physical death or spiritual death? I'd say yes. <laughs> I'd say both. Uh, when God said you will surely die, I think I think he, it was a reference to both because they were going to die physically now. Age was going to to be the end of man. Man was going to die physically um, and then face eternity one place or another. Uh, but also there was there was the, the there was the physical death and the spiritual death. They 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 spiritually uh, broke covenant with God and now there was this gulf between God and man because of sin, a, a gulf that we still deal with to this day because of sin. And so. Uh, but this is what Satan did, and this is this is how that that whole process um, took place. Now, flip your page for the next quote from Chapel. It says uh, it, it says this. Chapel states um, the the teaching of evolution is a direct assault on God's trustworthiness and reliability. Let me quote, say that again. The teaching of evolution is a direct assault on God's trustworthiness and reliability. See, evolution basically tries to teach that what God said is a lie, is not correct. God said, in the beginning, the Bible says, God created the heaven and the earth. And evolution says, that's a lie. That's what evolution says. And so if that's a lie... Well, then how can God be reliable in Genesis 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 50, all the way to Revelation, right? Because if he lied all the way back in Genesis 1, 1, at the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, then there's, there's a reliability issue. God's not trustworthy. So the evolutionist, that's, that's what he's trying to do. Now, how, how, do we, how do we know that takes place? How do we know that that's, that's part of the goal here? Well, I want to read to you, uh, a quote from a couple of um, biologists, atheist biologists, but I will state, but uh, a couple of biologists nonetheless. Um, fine. Page, page 81. Okay, um, so evolution, uh, and, and the, in the book it says, this says, evolution provides an alternative explanation, not just for the world around us, but for the future, where there is no one to whom we must give an account. So I think I've got that later in our notes. We'll talk about that. But, but here's, let me read to you um, biologist Francisco Ayala, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He said, he said this of Charles Darwin. He said, Charles, and listen carefully these words, Charles Darwin's greatest accomplishment was to show how the development of life is the result of a natural process, natural selection, without any need to resort to a creator. So he, does, so he doesn't just say Darwin's greatest, greatest achievement was identifying the, result, the natural process and natural selection. No, he takes it to the spiritual realm. 
He says his greatest accomplishment was result of natural process, natural selection, showing that there is no need to resort to a creator. In other words, you don't need a creator. That's what he's saying. Michael Denton, an Australian molecular biologist and physician, agreed that Darwin broke man's link with God and consequently set him adrift in the cosmos without purpose. He also wrote, as far as Christianity is concerned, the advent of the theory of evolution was catastrophic. So he's saying that basically the theory of evolution was a catastrophic blow to Christianity. That's what he's saying. The decline in religious belief can probably be attributed more to the propagation and advocacy uh, by the intellectual and scientific community of the Darwinian version of evolution than to any other single factor. So think about this. This molecular biologist and physician is saying that basically Darwinism and evolution broke Christianity. He said it has basically been the largest cause of the decline of religious belief in the history of mankind, the teaching of evolution. Now, folks, that's not by accident. No, Satan. Right. That's right. It's not by accident. Uh, we have to remember, you know, we, we get pictured so often because at Halloween time, you know, Satan's there with the horns and the red pitchfork. And Satan's not stupid, folks. Satan, Satan is intelligent. And not only is he intelligent, He's powerful, and he um, he is sneaky. He's crafty. Six thousand years old too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true too. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. But yeah, I mean, right? I mean, that's Satan. Satan. Satan is not just some little meek guy standing in the corner trying to stir up evil. It's not like the guy in the Wizard of Oz behind the screen. It's this little meek guy trying to push all the buttons and stuff. That's not Satan, folks. And, and, and so Satan knows exactly what he's doing, and he used evolution as a way to basically completely demonstrate that mankind is here and exists and everything happens without God. Patrick. Back to your point about he's not stupid. I try to refrain from saying when, the, when our politicians are doing very evil things that they're stupid. Right. Or that's stupid. No, they usually know exactly what they're doing. Right, they they're do. they're just so trying they're, to do evil. They're doing evil. <laughs> yeah. Now they're stupid with regard to salvation. Yeah. But not, right. Not yeah. Ignorant. And they're willingly ignorant. Well, willingly. Or willfully ignorant. Some of them are willfully willingly. ignorant. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna look at that. Is that next week? I'm, I've been working on three different sermons today, so I'm getting them mixed up. I think that's next week's study in here, uh, the willful ignorance thing, I think is where that falls in line. But uh, anyway, but yes, I mean, that's that's very true. And Satan's the same way. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. And, uh, and so do many of his minions that are at work on this earth today. They know exactly what they're doing. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to take God out of every aspect of, of society. And that's what they're trying to do. And that goes all the way back. I mean, it goes all the way back to Bible times, but it certainly goes all the way back to the time frame of Darwin and, and the evolutionary theory and stuff. It was an affront to Christianity, and that's that's what it is, and that's what it was at the time. So, all right, let's go back into our notes now. There's some stuff around here. I need a big, bigger pulpit on Wednesday nights. Um, maybe I need a table or something. Oh, we are getting to willful ignorance. See, it's down on this path. I told you I worked on three different sermons today. So... I was at the car dealer a long time this morning getting work done on my truck, so I, I had a lot of time to study. I took a little I took a little table with me and set up and had all my computer. And one girl that works there walks through, she goes, 
did you bring that table with you? I said, I sure did. She goes, that's smart. Because <laughs> I had it all set up. I was just working and working. So, uh, yeah, you can pray for me. I got rid of my lemon truck only to get a new truck that whatever they worked on today, if it doesn't work, they're going to have to put a new engine in it. <laughs> the truck I just got. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I am about fed up to hear with trucks right now. I'm just so frustrated. So hopefully what they did today takes care of the issue. But uh, it's not been a happy day for me. <laughs> anyway, all right, back to our back to our notes here. Um, there's a, and this is where I just got some information written there I think I, that I already read. There's a spiritual aspect to evolutionary belief, and it is to offer an alternative explanation for the current world around us and for the future where there is no one to whom we give account. And that's what it all boils down to, folks. Everything boils down to not having to be accountable to anybody. I, 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 oh, I should not even, I'm not even going to go there. No, I'm not going to go there. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to get myself in trouble if I go there, and I'm going to get Brett riled up and me riled up. Okay. (laughs) So, no, I'm not even going to go there. All right. Let's move on. Um, I'll tell you afterwards. (laughs) uh, No, just some of the things I see watching stuff going on in in Congress and stuff. Just, yeah. Nobody wants to be accountable for their actions. Let me just leave it lie there. Uh, Okay. Okay. so no one here we give account to. Okay, uh, Satan works, uh, or Satan seeks, this is the next line here, Satan seeks to cloud the judgment and vision of people. Satan seeks to cloud the judgment and vision of people. It, you know, if you, if you wa- look through scripture, many, many times you'll find that the idea of being blinded, spiritually is is a result of what satan does and sin your mind is blinded uh matter of fact we talk about uh, you know we're going to talk about on on christmas eve at the candlelight service you know the people that walked in darkness blinded by the darkness of what sin not talking about just physical darkness and we're talking about blindness of sin the darkness of sin and what have seen great light Great light came upon this earth through the form of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so we see that a lot. And Satan works to cloud the judgment and vision of people so that they will not see and understand the truth. And he deals strictly in deception. He deals strictly in deception. Satan is a liar and he seeks to deceive. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things... You know, if we when we think about it, this is 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 the deception that goes on. Uh, so much of of what is sin in this world is, is deception is used to promote it. Deception is used to to move it forward, to entice you with it. Whatever the case may be, uh, there's deception involved in it, and, um, and and it can be in every, it can be in every area. You know, uh, you know, you think about. I think about through the years, I've heard many pastors talk about through the years, you know, you think you think about the beer commercials. No beer commercial is going to show you a drunk in the gutter. They're not. There's, there's no beer commercial. Nobody is that stupid uh, that sells beer that they're going to show you the drunk laying in the gutter because he's drunk out of his mind. He doesn't even know how to function. They're not going to show you that. What do they show you? They show you young people partying and having a good time, usually. 
right? Or beautiful horses tromping down the street, pulling a wagon with a dog out, whatever. I mean, they show you something, right, fun, right? Something enjoyable. They're not going to show you the drunk in the gutter. And, why? And, and, and there's a deception that's there. We know that for many people, they up the alcohol in the gutter, right? Or some form of alcoholism, violent, ill-tempered, in jail, whatever, uh, you know, killing people because they, they drive drunk. Um, you know, we know that that happens. And, um, and so, uh, you know, th- but they're never going to show you that side of things. Why? Because it's deception. It's the same way, Satan, all along. Deception, deception, deception. Yeah, well, that one backfired at least. <laughs> so, at least that one backfired. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that one just about was like a drunk in the gutter. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 4 says this. It says, uh, in, uh, it, well, let me reverse three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid for, to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the, uh, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. What is Satan doing? He is blinding the minds so that the light of the gospel can't penetrate. That's what he's doing to those, to those that aren't saved. Um, and then I've got this note. Evolution does uh, three things uh, specifically. Three things specifically. Um, oh, require. Okay, I can't, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Number one, requires people to disregard what God has said. Evolution, if you are going to believe what the evolutionist says, you in turn have to disregard what God has said. You can't believe both (laughs) because God says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and goes through the creation period and then created man in his own image. And so if you believe evolution, you have to disregard that because that's not the same direction that evolution goes. It's the totally opposite direction evolution goes. So, yes, Maxine. Yeah, the gap theory that there were years and years and years. Went, yeah, well, it's not in the Bible. That's, that's why we're not finding it. It's not there. But there are people that believe that, that there's this gap in time. But the thing is, the Bible doesn't speak to any gap. And the Bible talks about on day one, he did this. Day two, he did this. Day three, he did this. Yeah. Ben said, my son, the fact that it says evening and morning the next day tells you it's a literal Yeah, day. yeah. He describes a day. Yeah, he describes right. what a day is. Right. Absolutely. So. Unexplaining what it appears to say and inserting what their their theory is. Right, and that and that's the problem. It's always a person's yeah. theory that they need to make this explanation for. So now suddenly we have the gap theory because we need there to be a gap here here to explain what I want to insert right here. And so, but the problem is you're trying to insert something that the scripture doesn't have inserted. Which is also why I believe very clearly that the scripture tells us that we should not add anything or take away from it. <laughs> so it, it says what it's supposed to say. And God, it was clear that the, that the morning and evening were the first day. And so the days are days. One, two, three, four, right on through. And so, uh, but, but in order to buy into evolution, it requires you to disregard what God has said. You can't, you can't do both. 
You can't do both. Number two, uh, a comfort in indulging in, it, it gives a comfort in indulging in, in every whim or desire I have. If I accept evolution as opposed to creation, I don't have to answer to God. So then I just can indulge what? Whatever's right in your sight. Whatever's right in my sight, right? And that's what man did what was what? Right in his own sight, right in his own mind, right? If I, if I don't have, believe in creation, I believe in evolution, there is no authority I have to answer to because there's no authority going backwards. You know, all this stuff exploded, showed up on the earth, and suddenly we have man walking around. There's no authority. So What follows every man doing that which is right in his own eyes is the thoughts of man are continually evil. Right. Yeah. So everybody does that what's right in their own eye, and the thoughts of man are evil. And that's what brought the flood. Right. And, and the thing is, if you, if, if, so if you go down this path and say that I can indulge in anything, I, every whim or desire I have because there's no authority to go back to, and, and your first thought is, well, we have, we have structured authority in this nation, but what, what is our structured authority in this nation based on, folks? based on this book <laughs> government is based on this book i mean the, there's a reason the ten commandments hangs in courtrooms all across our nation because because order and justice are based on this book we're going to talk we're not it's going to be a few weeks down the road but as we get further in this book i told you we're going to go back to some of those themes we talked about in brief at the beginning and there's there's three chapters that deal with like um, equity and justice and things like that. We're going to talk about those things because because those those things that people try to twist to do certain things today, uh, this, this book addresses those issues. And so um, so we're gonna we're gonna look at that. But uh, so number two, it gives us a comfort in indulging in every whim or desire we have. And then number three, which I've already kind of mentioned, allows us not to think about God or judgment, right? Because if I don't have anybody to answer to then there's nobody that's going to judge me. Because if I read my Bible and trust what my Bible says, my Bible tells me there's going to be a judgment. Right? There's a day coming where every knee will bow and God is going to judge this world. And so there is going to be a judgment. There will be somebody to answer to. But if I, if I accept evolutionism and reject creationism, then I don't have a judge. Because who's going to be my judge? You blew up on this earth, started walking like a monkey, just like I did, right? You know, or our ancestors did at least, right? I mean, we all came from from there. So, no, who's to judge me? Because I'm just doing what I think is right. And uh, and, and 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 we think, boy, that's a philosophy we see today. But it was in the Bible times too. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes, and that's what we still see today. And it, it'll never work, by the way. It never it never can work. Because, because let's just let's just take it with very current modern day issue. Can a Hamas terrorist and me living in America as a Christian, can we do what is right in our own eyes and it's never going to conflict with each other? No. Never, never going to happen. Because he wants to kill me and kill Israelis, and I, I love Israelis, and I don't want to kill anybody. So you know his his view of what is right in his eyes. And my view of what is right in my eyes are completely opposite views. That's why it will never work. It'll ne- That's why the bumper sticker, oh, everybody getting along, everybody just, it's never going to work, folks. It's not. That is that is the most wishful thinking in the world that is just it's pie in the lie. sky. It's never going to happen. It's just another lie. It, it is. It's, it's another lie created by Satan. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
It is. So all this thinking leads us back to Romans chapter 1. So let's go back to Romans chapter 1 and um, look at look at the few verses here in Romans chapter 1. We, and we study these verses at length when we study the book of Romans. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time there today. But Romans chapter 1, starting verse 21, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, uh, they became fools. Who ch- and then down to verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. <clears throat> so I read a verse like this, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And I, I think of some of the things we see on the news where people that are supposed to be wise and then once they open their mouths, they become fools. Oh, yeah, a lot of people in Congress. You watch, you watch the testimony of the three uh, Ivy League presidents this last week. I mean, these, these are the Ivy League schools top in our nation, and they, they can't even de- define what a threat is. I mean, to them, as long as you don't act on it, you can say anything you want. But I guarantee you, if it was somebody else saying a different thing, then it would be a threat. But to them, saying genocide to all the Jews, that's not a threat because no action was behind it. And, and, all I, and all I do when I read that is I look at that person and I say, that person's a fool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, if I were a woman, that's pretty funny. She's supposed to interpret law. Yeah. Right, but too, it's also a microaggression if you can't get somebody's pronouns right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's crazy. So, all these things, so, so you look at a verse and you say, yeah, this, this makes total sense to where we're living today because people open their mouths, they profess themselves to be wise. I mean, I mean, you're talking about Ivy League presidents. They, sh- they should be some of the most intelligent. They should be some of the most intelligent people in our country. And they are what? They're fools. That's what they are. And, and this verse tells us that's going to be the case. What brings that on? What brings that on is because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. What is that? It's, it's, it's a willful ignorance, and that's where we're heading here in our next note. It's a willful ignorance when it comes to things of God. There was a note in the book. It says scientific evidence has over and over contradicted the theory of evolution, yet many scientists and citizens alike refuse to acknowledge the evidence because they are, as Peter describes, willfully or willingly ignorant. There have been many scientific things over the last, especially couple decades that have refuted aspects of evolution. Matter of fact, evolution is constantly uh, changing. Well, ah, I don't want to get ahead. That's in the next quote. All right, let's go to 2 Peter first. Let's go to 2 Peter, then we'll get to that quote. 2 Peter chapter 3. And, and this is why, folks, you know, when it comes to our faith, there are some things that are so key and so crucial. And this is why we may not always equivocate Creationism versus evolutionism is something that's crucial to our faith, but it is completely crucial to our faith. And uh, we have to be on the right side of this issue. 2 Peter chapter 3, starting verse 3, it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this 
they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So it's interesting because verse five basically sets the stage for us that there was a worldwide flood. Okay, so verse five talks about Noah's flood. It doesn't say Noah's flood, but it says the earth standing out of the water and in the water. It's it's a reference back to Noah's flood, which if you take that reference back to Noah's flood, what does that do with so much of the dating of things that the evolutionist does? It totally negates those things because so many of those things can be explained by a catastrophic flood. Layers of certain vertebrae, layers of certain rock formations, layers of this, layers of that. So many of those things can be explained by a catastrophic flood. As a matter of fact, you have, you have scientists that have gone places and peel away parts of mountains, and there's all these layers right there in a section they peel away that should not be together apart from a catastrophic flood. Yes? Yeah. Like there's different parts of it that match the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. So the more scientists study, the more the more they find that that these things support creationism, not evolutionism. So, so why isn't every scientist out here a creationist now? I can tell you why. Fear and money. That's why. It's just like a lot of the other things that we deal with in society today. People are afraid to speak out because they're afraid they're going to lose their job, lose their money, or afraid of what people will do to them. And so people don't speak out. Now, you are seeing more and more scientists shift over in their thinking um, to these things. Where's my book? I, I'll read. I didn't put this in here, but let me read to you. There was, yeah, but... Yeah, that's true too. Equally terrified that they'll have to, they'll have to admit that there is a savior. They'll have to admit there's a judge. Yeah. Let me just read you. There was a there was a scientist in here. I didn't write this quote because this thing because it was long. Uh, is this someone? Yeah, here we go. Um, <clears throat> it says Rick Oliver has his PhD in biology from the University of California, Irvine. He is a member of the American Federation. Uh, and boy, this is a long word. Herpet herpeticulturalists, whatever that is, the California Science Teachers Association and the New York Academy of Science. In an article describing how the intricate design of creation pointed him to Christ, he wrote this. I remember how frustrated I became when, as a young atheist, I examined specimens under the microscope. I would often walk away and try to convince myself that I was not seeing examples of extraordinary design, but merely the product of some random, unexplained mutations. Even as an atheist, I could not get away from the evidence. Eventually, by God's grace, I accepted the simple yet compelling truth of the Bible. And this guy got saved, and the story goes on from there. But, but as a scientist, he, he recognized it, this doesn't add up. What, what they're saying does not add I'm looking in the microscope, and what I'm seeing does not add up to what they're saying I should be seeing. And so that's, that's where he was on that. All right, back to our notes um, under the willful ignorance. 
Uh, this passage uh, is uh, is rejected. This passage rejected as it emphasizes um, man's accountability to God, and it shows God's right to judge man. That's why people try to limit, do away with passages like this. This is why they're willfully ignorant because it emphasizes man's accountability to God. We are accountable to God and God's right to judgment. God has a right to judge his own creation. Does that not make sense? Does the potter have a right to change what he's got on the potter wheel? Sure he does. It's his, it's his right. He's the creator. So he can change it. Patrick. Kind of going back to a previous point somewhere. <laughs> and he said to them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, Genesis kind of stuff, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. So that relates, I think the beginning also relates to also believing that he died yeah. and he rose from the dead. Right. So if you can persuade him not to believe that, then... Yeah, sure. Right. You can, you can persuade, him, persuade him in all the other areas. And uh, so the last quote, and then we're out of time for today. <clears throat> the last quote says, when you, study, uh, when you study the history of the teaching of evolution you will find a constantly changing set of beliefs, a constantly changing set of beliefs. The theory is con continually being adjusted, often in contradiction of what was widely believed just a few years before. If you, if you look at our science textbooks, textbooks that teach evolution, and go back to the 19-whatever, when evolution first came on the scene, to today, you will see that that, that that theory constantly is changing. They're constantly having to adjust things because they find that things that they once believed have been proven to be wrong. So they're constantly having to adjust it, constantly having to fix it. You know what you don't have to fix? Truth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You don't have to fix that. You don't ever have to adjust it. You don't have to work on it. It's it's there. Yes, Brett, Brett. The Oh, sure. The last blank is... Um, uh, being just often in contradiction of, of what was widely believed just a few years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so folks, I mean, I mean, again, you know, we talk about this each week, but, and, and we're done with creation tonight and evolution tonight, uh, but, you know, it takes a whole lot more faith for me to believe evolution than it does creation, to believe that God said it and created it and it was, it was done. So now next week we're going to go begin going into some of these some of the categories that we listed on that sheet we made when we talked about all the all the current day issues that the Bible addresses. And so next week we're going to go into the sanctity of life, talk about life, and uh, then from there we'll be hitting different issues. Uh, some issues may just be one week, some issues may be more than a week, but next week we'll go into uh, the sanctity of life. So. All right, I think that's it. Let's pray. Lord, pray we'd have a great day today. Safe trip home. Uh, be bringing everybody back safely on Sunday, Lord, so we can enjoy uh, time together in song and hearing from those that uh, sing and perform at the church, Lord, and then hear from your word. Lord, just bless us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Study. He in the whole Thanks. series? Yeah. And I'm in the, so